And he said, our setbacks in life are designed to propel us farther ahead. So what happened to me or any setback you'll go through, if you take that perspective, see it in those times of challenges that this is going to launch you further ahead. Welcome, everyone. My name is Kapil Guy, and you're tuned in to the Finding Perspective podcast, where we share stories and get into deep conversation with the intent of educating our listeners to new insight, new ways of thinking, and of course, new perspectives. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Finding Perspective. Today, I have a very special guest with me. His name is Daniel Lewis. Daniel is the founder of Tea by Daniel, which is a Toronto-based tea company that provides teas of all sorts to tea enthusiasts all across the globe. Daniel has had the pleasure of serving tea to Prince Charles when he, when he actually made his visit to Canada. Daniel is also an author, a public speaker, and runs a mentorship program for at-risk youth known as the School of Hard Knocks. So without further ado, welcome to the show, Daniel, and thank you so much for being here with me today. Ah, thank you so much for having me, Kapil. I got to steal that intro from you. That sounds really good. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, nice. I'll charge you royalties for it. <laughs> yeah, sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I'm just going to go straight into it. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to go to the early days of your story. Yeah. Um, there was a very violent incident that had landed you into the hospital. And I actually heard that after being in the hospital, that's where you kind of had um, an epiphany, let's say. Yeah. And had an idea to start, you know, a tea company. So I don't want to give much detail because it's your story. <laughs> but yeah, please care, continue. For sure, for sure. So, I mean, uh, I ended up in the hospital on account of words that I said in a song. I used to be a, a music artist. Uh, so I spent many years right out of high school doing uh, rap, hip hop, started off with that, did that for a few years, saw some degree of success there, moved on to becoming a songwriter. In other words, I had my music stint and made some enemies along the way, said some things in some songs, you know, you don't necessarily mean, yep. but uh, the industry was the industry. And um, in 2009, uh, on account of the lyrics to one of my songs, I... Um, I was a victim of a nearly fatal stabbing. So I was stabbed uh, in the neck, under my arm, stomach, around the ab, uh, abdominum. Ab- I forget how you say that word. Ab- abdominal. Abdominal, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that always trips me up. Um, and, and, and on my hand as well. So, you know, four or five stab wounds later, I was fighting for my life. And it was in that moment in the hospital. Uh, now, it wasn't that I was thinking tea company when I came out of the hospital, but... I was just looking at the impact, you know, the way people were impacting me right, in my right. life uh, in the hospital. And I just knew that I wanted to do something when I got out of that situation, uh, which resulted in T by Daniel. So how did you, I mean, that is, I mean, I wouldn't wish that upon anyone. Mm-hmm. How did you go from being in a horrific situation to having this idea? Like what, what events transpired to, right. to that coming about? Yeah. So uh, when I... When I was in the hospital and obviously the the trauma that my body had gone through, um, well, I couldn't do much moving. So I I did a lot of observing. And when I laid there in the hospital day by day after day, I saw people in a new light that I had never seen before. I mean, I was so caught up in myself throughout my teen years and everything that I don't think I noticed what people were doing and just the impact that people's jobs and their careers and their passions had 
on my life until it mattered. So for instance, when you look at the nurse, right? You know, prior to that, I knew, okay, nurse, they take care of people in the hospital. Yeah. But the nurse is the person that's keeping the doctor so intact with your, you know, hour by hour, minute by minute health conditions. And when something changes, the nurse gets the doctor. The doctor comes in and does his work. But it wasn't even just that. It was even the people cleaning the floors. It was for a reason. Right. Right. They're cleaning the floor so that when people like you come in in a traumatic situation, paramedics and everybody could get through clearly. So everybody's role started to make so much sense to me. And then I asked myself, in this role of life, this big picture, yeah. what role do do I play? Yeah. You know, what impact do I have on someone's life with what I'm doing? And I didn't really have a good answer or any answer at that. And I started to just say, okay, no, that's got to change. I have to have an answer. Right. And the moment I come out of this hospital, I'm going to find what that answer is and what that purpose is. And upon coming out of the hospital... I, I I stopped, you know, a lot of the bad habits that I had. Yeah. Like uh, what? Like, like drinking, yeah. smoking, you know. you know, so you just tea. gave it all up. Cold, cold, cold turkey. turkey. Cold okay. turkey. Cool. I mean, it was really bad for my health at that point if I continued because my yeah. body really went through it. Um, but I just wasn't interested in it. It came with so much baggage and, and friends and, you know, places I didn't want to be. So I, I cold turkey stopped drinking alcohol, uh, stopped, you know, smoking and... That left room for a new habit, which a casual walk through the mall, bumping into a David's tea store, getting intrigued that, you know, like all these tins are tea. Like, yeah. how, how is that? Like, I, I thought tea was peppermint and chamomile, like everybody right, right. Um, Then, yeah, I after becoming obsessed with buying tea and, you know, drinking tea, spending way too much money on tea, I decided that this was going to be just that tool. Yeah. To ride out um, and it became T by Daniel. That's amazing, man. Mm-hmm. And and when was this? When did you when did you guys decide that okay, we're gonna start the business? It's happening. When when was that moment? So I dabbled with the idea at some point in 2010. Yep. 2011 is when I actually registered T by Daniel, mm. which was first registered as just T. It was just the letter T. Just the letter T. Just the letter T. Because I'm like, you know, I'm gonna make it like this mystery. Nobody's gonna know what it is. And yeah. they have to ask. But then three months into it being T, uh, yeah. speaking with another professional in the industry, and I found out there was already a company called T, a tea company yeah. called T. So then, you know, I was talking to my parents, you know, what do I do? I got to change the name right. of the company. So like, Add your name. Like, T Daniel, like yeah. T, and they're like, no, like T, you know, just, and then I started looking into different ways and I always love fragrance. So I'm like, what if I said like T by Daniel? Yeah, kind of yeah. like a fragrance and give it that, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, give it that vibe. Like, I didn't even think about it yeah, like that. So I was like, I want, because I knew if I was going to do this, where I'm right. going to take it, I'm going to blend everything that I learned from music, the things I like, like fashion. I'm going to blend all of me and my personality into this company. So I want it to sound like a fragrance. T by Dan. No, that's that's really cool, man. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're, how old were you at the time when you started this? 22. I mean, that, that's a pretty young age to start a business. Yeah. Were you scared to jump into an unknown world? I I can't say that I was scared. I can't no. say that I was okay. scared. No, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't call it. I I was again from the music. I was used to jumping into yeah yeah situations. You yeah. know, it would be uh, crowds um, on stages and places. Oh, like literally never, jumping. Like, no, 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 no. I don't, <laughs> I don't mean like crowd surfing jumping, yeah, yeah. but I mean just like 
I would like, I remember one time performing in front of, um, it was in Florida. No, it was in Atlanta. And we had to present, um, present. See, I'm so businessy now. I mean, perform <laughs> for um, yeah. 12 record labels. Mm. So 12 record labels, including Bad Boy Records, Soldier Boy Records, all these record labels, Def Jam, they're all on the stage. And this place is packed. We're like in the hood. And we had to perform and you could get, signed to a record deal right there. And we were, I mean, nervous, of course. Rick Ross was there out in the parking lot. Like this, this is huge. And I don't know when it's, when there's pressure, some events like that, I perform better. I like to just jump into it. So I carried that over into business. Yes. When it was time to start up, it was like, okay, let's yeah, do this. Let's, like, let's do it. Full fledged. I don't know what I'm doing, right, right. but I'm going to do it. I can relate to you. I mean, I, I, I too am a retired rapper. Oh, I, nice. <laughs> really? You know the ways. <laughs> yeah, I, I too retired. And, you know, I, I tried, you know, I, I went into songwriting, um, broadcast journalism, a bunch of things. Yeah. And, you know, now that's what I'm doing right now. Hmm. Um, but I really wanted to connect with you on that because it sounds like you've always had con- uh, creative energy. Mm-hmm. energy, um, And you spent some time in the performing arts. Mm-hmm. But when you started T by Daniel, did it honestly just feel like you were just shifting that energy into a different medium? Honestly, yeah. It, right? It honestly that's did. Probably, yeah, exactly. And that's why when people would ask me like, you know, what business training do you have? Or how did you come up with marketing? I didn't know those terms. I, right. I didn't know what it meant to like market yourself or advertise. But what I did know was as a music artist, you have to always reinvent yourself. I guess right. that was marketing. Yeah. Uh, I, I had to come up with my message in my music. I guess that was advertising, yeah. you know, and just the persuasion, like getting a crowd moving or getting people to feel my, my music, my vibe, all the things that were music to me and art to me, they just fall in, under another business yeah. terminology. So for me, it was like, oh, okay. So don't call it this, call it this now, right. but you know, this is music. Um, promotion. I, you know, me and my friends, my group, one day we went to New York um, and we walked, we spent a whole day and we walked the entire strip of Manhattan. It was about 12 hours we spent out there. Wow. Knocking on every record label door, just trying to get seen, noticed, traction, anything. And when nothing happened, like we couldn't get it, like there's no way you're getting a meeting with anybody. Um, then we went to 106 in Park. Um, cause we all had our shirts on and we lined up and we went on the show and just tried to like represent, and, you know, just, <laughs> hey, I like that man. Right. And just, just that kind of hustle and promotion is just, did you what, ever go back to that episode of 106 and Park? I looked for it and I, I like the way they edited it. It's like, we're there for like a millisecond. Oh. It wasn't what I thought it would have been, yeah. So. <laughs> but we were just, we were down to do anything. So yeah. when it came to business, I'm like, all right. I'm not just going to let people walk by and not sample my products or, or try me out or take right. interest. I'm going to do the same thing. You know, and, and it's really good to speak to another creative because a lot of people have asked me like, oh, you're, you started a podcast. Like, do you mm. even know anything about podcasts? And I'm like, well, <laughs> I mean, I've been doing all these things. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll figure it out. It's just taking that energy and putting exactly. it to something else. Exactly. That's all it, it kind really of, is. It kind of paves the way for you because you know you're going to do it. Yeah. So obviously if you don't know what to do, you're going to learn it. Exactly. Right? So it kind of channels into everything. It breaks down as that step-by-step process, you know, but first you got to have that creative energy and then that passion yeah. and it kind of. And, and that's why it, 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 it kind of, you know, alerts me when people have such tunnel vision, they say like, oh no, I, I went to school for, 
I, I went to school for history, so I can only you know, get a job in the yeah. field of history for the rest of my life. Mm, far like, from. No, it's, it's, it's not <laughs> like that. Like, you know, there's a lot more to it than just that. So it, it's good to meet yeah. someone else who, who thinks who thinks the same way. Like, okay, <laughs> sure. if I have these skills, I can, like, I remember when I was, I mean, I graduated, I actually graduated with a degree in kinesiology and health sciences. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, but I remember being in school, a lot of people were um, getting a psychology degree. Mm-hmm. And I heard, heard other people say, what are you going to do with a psychology degree? I took maybe two or three psychology classes. And what I learned in those three classes were, those are lessons I'll carry for the rest of my really? life. Really? Just yes. that alone? Yes, exactly. Oh my goodness. And you can, and, and it applies yeah. to business. Psychology mm-hmm. apply. This is why, you know, when it comes to um, marketing, they have, you know, researchers yep. doing all different these things. Colors, different colors. Exactly, yeah. exactly. But it's crazy that from even just two, three, that that's kind of where I'm at today. Yep. It's just when it comes to learning, like I'm, I don't want to say I'm obsessed with learning, but I love learning. Yep. Whether through conversation, watching something, hearing something, reading something, because that little bit of knowledge, that that could take you somewhere completely different in your life that you were not going to go if you didn't get that little nugget of information. Yeah, exactly. Um, so what you got from those two, three classes changed something. Exactly. And I treat, um, my dad said this uh, and I, I, I never let it slide. Like, don't be a casual learner. Mm. And I, w- I totally was back in school. But now, like, if there's an opportunity to learn something, I'm going to learn it. And I'm going to try my best to apply it, find it out, figure it out. So I'm not a casual learner anymore. And I think that's so important in life, business and anything, you know? Yeah. Um, no, I, 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 I definitely agree with that. The slingshot theory. The slingshot theory. Yes. The slingshot theory. Mm-hmm. What is that? Slingshots. So you're going to hear me quoting my dad a lot. My dad, well, yeah. my parents, they're, they're my biggest inspiration, my my dad and I, we often just sit down and talk and he makes these different perspectives. Um, but when I was getting into business, he actually, he told me this theory. You know, I named it the slingshot theory, but he actually went out and, and got, you know, like a sling, which was a two branch, like a real one, not the ones you get from the store, like a real yeah. twigs, like the two twigs. And he built this slingshot. And then he asked me, he said- Those things hurt, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Don't, don't get hit with one. It's great for this, but, you know, yeah. try not to get hit with one. Um, but he asked me, he said, you know, what can this slingshot teach you about business, about life? I had no idea. You know, I'm looking at him like, mm, like just never even thought about it. So he said, let's say you, you start this tea business and let's say it just works, right? Like- Things are great. People love you. They're buying your products. You're you're making tons of money. Everything's just smooth sailing for you. Um, You don't really go through anything, any adversity, any setbacks or anything like that. When you go to take the next step in your business or in your life, and then he pulled, he, you know, he had something in the sling, which was elastic bands, but he um, had something in it. He barely pulled it back. He said, you don't go through anything. And he let it go. And the, the rock just fell like, you know, right in front of us. Then, you know, you won't go very far, but let's say you do go through some setbacks, some challenges, some obstacles, you know, it's, it's hard to get the business off the ground. You know, you're not getting that traction you thought you would get. And these are all setbacks or say you go through a health, you know, a health issue, just things you didn't expect. Setback, setback. And he started pulling it further back, further back, further back. Then he said, when you go to take the next step in life or in your business, and he let it go and it went flying 
And he said, our setbacks in life are designed to propel us farther ahead. So what happened to me or any setback you'll go through, if you take that perspective, see it in those times of challenges that this is going to launch you further ahead. Amazing. And I was like, okay, I'm running with that. So that became my theme, my logo for, um, for Daniel Speaks, which is uh, my speaking platform. I just, I ran with that. And at the end of every presentation, I, I do that the demonstration. It's amazing, man. Yeah. It's crazy. Well, Thanks, I, 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 I <laughs> shout out to Daniel's yeah. dad. So yeah, so I wanted, I wanted to get back into speaking about uh, Tea by Daniel because mm-hmm. I've tried your products. And one thing that um, that's really neat is that a lot of it's international. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the teas are from Sri Lanka, mm-hmm. South America, all sorts of places. Yeah. Where did you do your research to find out what types of high quality products you would need to get in order to, you know, bring premium products to the public? And mm-hmm. how did you go about getting these, these international products? Right, right. Um, the first thing that I did when I was, you know, thinking about starting, well, I started Tea by Daniel because I registered, um, but I knew that I had to find out more about tea, more about products, more about what's good from what's bad. Uh, I took, I'll never forget it. I even talk about this in my presentations, the little green book at the, I got it at the dollar, dollar store. And this was just my, my book that I would go around with a pen in that green book. I went around to every tea shop you could think of in GTA and you'd be surprised how much people are willing to share information with you, kind of put you on the right track. You know, it, it, I didn't feel any pushback from anybody, yep. which, you know, this is a competitor that's being trained. Um, but it wasn't like that. Why do you think that is? Well, most of, well, all of these people that were running these stores, they're, they're seasoned in the industry. Yeah. They're confident. And I think that's a big thing that when you're confident in what you do, you don't try to withhold information. Obviously, I'm not going to tell you my financial statements and things like that, but you, you see somebody hungry, passionate about what you're passionate about, and they're asking for your advice or your counsel or your guidance. If you're a real leader, you'll be willing to share. And it's funny, I had a presentation today. I was mentoring some kids, uh, some students, sorry, uh, on leadership. And I used this quote that I saw, which I love, and it says, great leaders don't just create followers. Great leaders create other great leaders. So I think that's what those people took with me, right? You know, they, they said, you want to know? If you really want to know this, go look into this, go mm-hmm. look into this. Yeah. You might want to go here. The best teas for this come from Sri Lanka. Um, for these type of teas, you might want to check China or Japan. So they gave me good lead way for me to go now do my own research. Yeah, I spent a year in the library just like plugging it. Like, yeah. You know, like how Kanye locked himself, of course, yeah. You know, for for su- the whole summer making beats. Yeah, I was studying teas, herbs, ingredients, right. everything, um, and that only continued to grow with time. So I was able to reach out to different suppliers internationally um, to say, "What do I got to do to get this?" Yes, you know, yes. and okay. it was just a learning process that no, of course, I immersed myself in. No, of course. Um, that, that, no, I I think that perhaps that when they saw you, they saw themselves. Exactly. Um, that That's what I take out of yeah. it. You know, they saw themselves, you know, years back when they were first getting into the business. Mm-hmm. And and that's why I think we need to help each other. Because, you know, if someone helped them 20 years before, and then they see a young guy come in 
who's eager, who reminds them of themselves. It makes them, it kind of, it says, okay, it's my job now to pay it forward. Exactly. Why not? That's, that's the cycle that should happen. And that goes back to that part in my story where I was talking about that impact, right? It doesn't always have to be tragic. Yeah. It could be that moment where you encounter somebody that either you can help by sharing something or they can help you. It's that constant right. impact and leaving. Cause I'll never forget. Um, she is the, uh, the longest lasting, the first tea house in Toronto, period, is called uh, the House of Tea. Marishka or Marisha. It's a lovely Sri Lankan lady, short Sri Lankan lady, so charming, so kind. Yeah. She was just, she was willing to just, I stood there while her customers came in. I waited, stood off to the side when they'd leave. She'd tell me more. She'd like, smell this. And she was so excited. Mm. And she, she gave me that that hunger to yeah, want to know what yeah. this is all about. Are you guys still in contact? No, no. Okay. I, I mean, she would never remember me, I don't think. But, okay. but she think about it. That, yeah. That's another thing about impact. Yeah. You never really know. Yeah, right? well, Sometimes you never get to, yeah. to see the, the result. But that's the thing. You're still sending that positive karma back to her. Like you're still right. remembering that if it wasn't for this woman, like I wouldn't have learned exactly. this and that. So exactly. she's a part of your story. She's and, there. Whether she knows it or not, yeah. she's there. And she will be yeah. forever. 100%. So actually I wanted to share my personal experience my with uh, T by Nail, my first experience. Okay. Um, so I remember I was uh, walking uh, down the street mm-hmm. um, and I just stumbled ac- across the store. I was like, oh, okay, let me, well, let me see what's here. I, I didn't know what it was. Um, so I saw the shop, I came in, um, but I felt things were different from other stores. The very first thing was the barista had asked me, is this your first time here? <laughs> yes. So I said, <laughs> yep, it's my first time here. And then when I said yes, they said something, they did a short little curtsy and a dance and yeah. offered me a chocolate. And I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, like, what is going on? <laughs> I was like, like that immediately just caught me. Yeah. I was like, okay. I was confused. Yeah. But I was like, okay, but this is cool though. Cause yeah. that's never happened to me before. <laughs> right. Right. Usually just like, Hey, what do you want? Um, but there wasn't like, that. <laughs> uh, you know, so then, um, they, they just said, Oh, you want this? You want this? I smell like five different things. I ended up purchasing the lion chai tea. Yes. Which till this day, I still order online nice. uh, and I purchase, um, you know, and I, I think I chatted with the barista for like 15, 20 minutes and I left. Um, but the thing was, I left with a feeling. Mm-hmm. I didn't just leave with a product in my hand. I left feeling something. Nice. I left feeling like, hmm, who is this dude? Like, who <laughs> like, is this guy? Is this? Yeah. Who is this guy? And what's yeah. he doing right? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, I left with a feeling. I left with an emotional attachment. And even your bags that carried that I carried the loose leaf tea in it, mm-hmm. on it, it had like, a picture of you with a magic oh, wand yeah, or something. Oh, I was like jumping with the yeah, wand. Yeah, something Very like Willy that. Willy Wonka inspired, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I went home. I went, I immediately, I went on the site. I saw the loose tea leaves uh, um, and, you know, your branding. Like mm-hmm. I saw everything was in the shape of a bow tie. Yeah. All the teas, like, you know, what chamomile, peppermint, whatever you wanted. Yeah. However you want to buy it in loose tea. Like it, was all in the sh- it was all in the shape of a bow tie mm-hmm. that I think you probably wear pretty often. Yes. But like I said, what stood out to me was your branding. Your branding was on point. How did you come up with all these innovative ideas? Like, <laughs> how did you tie all these dots? Tie, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Um, no pun intended. Yeah, I'm so happy, first off, to hear that experience uh, that you had. Because that's what we were encouraging our, our, our staff. I call them retail magicians. Actually, I call them retail magicians because their job was to make magic for the customers. Once again, branding. <laughs> there you yeah. go. Okay. Right. Um, and I think it's that whole theme that 
by letting them know they're not just a barista, they're not just a, a worker, they're a retail magician, gives them a, a bigger sense of responsibility that when someone walks through that door, it's time to make magic. So where that all stemmed from was impact. I mean, it, 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 it's channeled very creatively, you know, everything from the look of the teas, the, the chocolate, the dance, which will throw you off at first, but then you leave and you're like, wait a minute, that's, that's Disney world. Like, so I take inspiration from many sources, um, like Disney world, like Willy Wonka. I love that movie. Like Lego, you know, like I take all these experiences. And I'm like, we have to craft our own. We have to do something David's T is not doing. We have to do something Tim Hortons is not doing. Mm-hmm. And it just turns out that they're not creating experiences. They're yeah. selling products and they're selling services, but they're not focusing on the experience, the feeling yeah. beyond the T. Yes. And we do. We want to heighten that to, I, I say, I don't want good customer service. I want extraterrestrial customer service, something that's out of this world. And that's what you experienced, right? right? No, it was, yeah. it was a great experience. That's what, you know, that's what made me want to reach out to you when we connected. Mm-hmm. Um, and how do you go about like, you know, when, when you did have this shop, how did you go about hiring, you know, staff? Like what types of characteristics were you looking mm-hmm. for? So great question. We, we knew that for someone to feel comfortable here working with us and for us to feel comfortable having them there, we were going to need to identify their creative bone very early. We couldn't wait for that. That couldn't happen a month into their job. We had to know, as, now it's not that we're going to perfect it, but we had to know that they had it. So from the interviewing process, it was very different. From the first interview, um, we were asking questions like in a crayon box, what color are you, you know, and why? Uh, and we were able to quickly filter out the ones who were like, okay, this is weird. <laughs> you know, from the ones Wait, who were like- In a crayon box, what color are you? Okay. Yeah. So yeah. I was asking you like, you know what, what? color are you in a crayon box? Yeah, I'd probably choose red. See, there's a reason and, and there's a choice. And that's what we were looking for. People yeah. who knew what color they were. And I don't mean race or ethnicity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, we're not that kind of interview. <laughs> but um, just like some people got creative. Yeah. Some people say, um, I wanted, uh, I'm teal. I'm because this and that. And so we were really looking for that from the first interview. Yeah. Once we made our filter um, selection from there, from their second interview, they had to make a presentation to us on why bow ties are cooler than ties. Mm. And when we, again, now we saw the people who maybe they were just witty and quick with their answer in the first yeah. interview, but now some people came in with glittering Bristol wow. boards. Like they went all in. Bro, that's some like high yeah, tech. Right? <laughs> some but next we level. were getting, we were extracting <laughs> what we needed to yeah, see. Yeah. I remember one guy who we hired for sure. He said, so I just want to let you guys know, it's a very simple reason why you wear bow ties and not ties. When you're making tea and you bend over, you don't want that tie dipping in that hot tea. And we're just like, his charismatic attitude, the reason was funny. And we're like, these are the people we need. Yeah. You know, one guy came in, um, the door, our front door opened to the shop and we saw these three high school students like huddled like together and they were just walking in slow and we're like, huh, what's going on? Then they burst open and in the middle was their friend mm. in a bow tie Wow, who wanted a job interview. He got hired the next day. Oh, I think you need to be an HR recruiter because a lot of people, <laughs> I don't know where you're finding these employees from. <laughs> but it's just yeah. whatever the company stands for. Yeah focus on that. I don't yeah. care about your objective and right. I don't care about your education at this point. I don't care about your experience. All those things could be, you know, we could work on those things. 
I need personality for this role and I need um, character and I need passion and humor. And those are the things I need. So I only yeah. focus on those. Uh, it seems like to me, it's, it's a feeling like, like I mentioned, totally. it's a feeling. Totally. Um, and I really wanted to go back to that, um, mm-hmm. back to the idea of a feeling. So I've tried many, I don't drink coffee, mm-hmm. but I've tried many teas. Um, but in my household growing up, tea time was a big thing in my family. Mm-hmm. Until this day, it still is. Um, you could have problems with somebody, but when it, you have to still drink tea <laughs> together, you know what I mean? It yeah. was just always a thing. Right. Um, and I've had, I've tried tons of different teas, but nothing compares to the chai or ja that mm-hmm. my dad makes. Right. Um, so in Hindi, we call it Jai and mm. uh, Punjabi, we call it Ja. So he's, and he has also taught me the tricks of making it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I think I do pretty well, but not as well as him, mm-hmm. but there's just something special in the way that he makes it. Like I see like the way my, my dad will make it, my mom will make it. My dad will do way better because he puts the passion oh, into nice, it. Nice, nice. You know, um, you make me want one. <laughs> no, you know, come over sometime. Yeah. We'll try it. Um, and and I feel for many, many people, tea time is a symbol of community. Mm-hmm. Um, for some, some others, it can mean something else, but it definitely, there's a, there, there's something that it means. It's much deeper than just a hot oh, yeah, beverage. For sure. How does that make you feel knowing that you, you were in a position to provide people with these moments with your shop? Mm-hmm. I love it. I loved, I, for instance, I'm happy it wasn't, even though it could have been, I'm happy it wasn't French fries. I'm happy that's not what I chose. Yeah. I'm happy it wasn't um, cars or something like that because, of, again, those moments where people already associated togetherness with tea, um, calming down and, and taking in the moments with tea, wellness with tea, all these things that I needed personally in yep. my life and that would make for a great conversation, a great moment, a great experience down the line. It just so happened to be the perfect choice. Right. And I'm happy that I got to, you know, fully immerse myself into an industry like tea and now craft my own experience. So what do, what's the tea by Daniel experience? Right. You know, and I, I'm privileged. I feel really, really honored to be a part of that for sure. Did you witness a lot of first dates at your, at your shop? Too many. Yeah. Too many. I'm like, it's scary how, <laughs> how we actually played a part of so many of them yeah. because of the type of relationship we built with oh, our customers. That's cool. We would light candles sometimes. We would clear out the store sometimes. Um, like we were that tailored tea shop, yeah. right? Where you want to do a proposal. You want to mm. ask somebody out first date. We'll craft it. You want to have um, the, you know, the lady's name or the guy's name on the cup prepared, all that. We were down for anything. Right. Um, there were no rules when it came to magical experiences. So we had tons of those tons, but it was also very awkward when couples that we knew from the get broke up or didn't oh, work out, Yeah, but we were still their favorite tea shop. <laughs> so they come in separately <laughs> exactly. now and not Separately together. or with different people. And yeah. we had to like not show it on our face. Like, but hang on, like, Hey, aren't you? Yeah. 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 And so there were some awkward times, but yeah. all in all, we are just that we're that shop. Well, so you used, you guys used to have a physical store, mm-hmm. um, but in the, I think in the past year or so, it, you guys closed down and now you're o- only online. Yes. Um, why'd you guys make that choice? A few reasons. Great question. Uh, so T by Daniel's nine plus years now. And I can honestly, so it's a combination of these reasons I'm going to mention. But after being nine years old, I could say the first 
or not the first, but for eight years, Tea by Daniel was literally about my wife and I putting everything, family, our own, you know, lives, everything on the back burner to service our customers and to service our community and to service our retail magicians. Like we put ourselves yep. behind and we, we sacrificed so many things. Right. And then we had our, our first child in 2017. Congrats. Thank you. Our first little boy. And again, he was with, always with grandparents, always with my brother and, you know, my sister-in-law because we had to run the shop. You know, it was just, obviously we, we, we have family time. So like, but it wasn't, you know, strong family time because the store is busy. The store requires us. Now come 2019, we had our second child. Congrats again. Thank you. Yeah. So our second baby boy, things changed this time. I think we've matured a lot, you know, as husband and wife, my wife and I, we're, this is our going to be our 10th year anniversary being married. Wow. Yeah. Um, so our, our marriage has grown. We have two kids now. The business has grown. Life has changed and retail has changed. So come beginning of 2019, I was... Um, getting mentorship on franchising the business. Yeah. I was about to expand it, which is so, you know, it's a coincidence that I actually closed it down in that year, but I was ready to franchise, getting all the documents together, get, uh, together getting mentorship. And then three months after, um, we experienced what was our second break-in to our store. Mm. Um, and it kind of threw off everything. It just kind of got us in a bad vibe. You know, we were looking at, it, we had two break-ins within one year. Mm -hmm. And so we looked at that. We started to see a huge increase in online orders on our online store. And we started to see a slowdown in retail in general. Right. So we got to this place in the summer of last year where it was very drastic because we were experiencing our best financial year when we moved to Bramley City Center. But we looked at, we have a young baby, our second baby, two kids. Retail is, looks like it's slowing down a little bit. Online is picking up because everybody's shopping online. Why don't we close the store? Mm. Increase profitability. Yep. Spend more family time and just, you know, start to see the fruit of our labor after right, nine years. Right, right, And the fruit not just being money, but family time and just... Joy. Joy, yeah. right? Which is the real... Reason why you go yeah, into business, yeah, right? Yeah. And it was just a boom, boom, sat yeah. with my family. And it was like immediate. Mm -hmm. Our lease was coming up for renewal. And we're just like, this is going to be a shocker to our customers. But I think it's time for us now. Mm -hmm. So 2019 was like the year of us. Mm. Closed the store just uh, online. And, you know, we're able to now work wherever the baby, the baby could work with us. And we could just... We feel like a family now. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So it was just a mixture of personal decisions with market, you know, realities and online realities. And we just decided to close it down. So running a business, managing a household, and I know that your wife actually works with you. She's your partner yeah. in this. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people wouldn't want to mix their personal and their business like that. Right. Um, how has it worked for you guys? Beautiful. Beautiful. I, that's one thing I cannot, I can't say... We, we do have our disagreements for sure, but I think who, who my wife is, who Renata is to me, I can't, business could never override that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, 
disagreements can never override our, our hard business decisions. I've known my wife since we were eight years old. Wow. You know, it's one of those like love stories wow. type of things. And so at the end of the day, when I'm saying it should be black tea and she's saying it should be green tea, we look back to the eight-year-old us and business is never going to ruin that or life is never going to ruin that. It's it's us. Like we're tightly, tightly knit together. So we just, we agree to disagree on a lot, mm-hmm. but that doesn't change anything at the end of the night. We still have a cup of tea together and it's over, you know? Yeah. Or sometimes it goes on longer, but <laughs> the whole point is it, yeah. it, 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 it will never override what we have. Business can't. Yeah. I'll drop, I'll quit Tea by Daniel today before I ever, you oh. know, sacrifice my marriage or wow. happiness in my life. Today, I would drop everything. That's amazing, man. Yeah. I, I, I don't hear that too often. That's amazing. Yeah. I think um, based on my story, life will teach you that. Life will yeah. teach you what's important, you know? Yeah. Do you, think, do you think a lot of young men need to hear that? I wish. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I could scream it from the balconies because yeah. yes, I think a lot of young men, again, people ask me after I present, so are you saying I have to get stabbed to know this? Yeah. Or I have to get stabbed to find success? No. I'm saying that if you if you listen to people who tell you their story and their experiences and glean from them, you know, you could you could take the same perspective and see, hey, life was not promised. You know, Daniel's life changed in seconds. He didn't expect it, but so can mine. Yeah. In the car, without even a tragic thing happening. Life is life. And it's not guaranteed and time's not guaranteed. So the things that matter, like relationships, family, joy, those things that are, you know, kind of, they're not tangibles per se, but they're so fulfilling. You focus on those things. Mm, that's that's good, man. Mm-hmm. I needed to hear that today. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <There you go. laughs> and what was cool is that your wife and uh, you and your wife, uh, you had the pleasure of serving tea to Prince Charles a yes. few years back when he came to Canada. Mm-hmm. Tell, tell me about that. What happened? I love this story because literally shows the power of giving and the full circle power of giving. So because I was in, you know, involved in the rap hip hop scene many years ago, and because I fell on, you know, a tragic situation, a part of my give back became speaking to especially youth at risk. And um, also um, just getting involved in different charitable organizations based on my story. And always, I w- I've always wanted to impact the youth. Yeah. You know, that that um have a, a bit of a rough patch. So um, uh, this uh, organization as a charity reached out to me to come and share my story um, in the Rexdale community to youth at risk who just need to hear that message that, hey, you know, guys, girls, there are resources in your local community that you could tap into. Don't just think it's, this is where I am. Things are bad and it has to stay this way, you know? get involved in your community. So I, I basically volunteered my time, went out there um, and I spoke and, you know, I was on a panel with um, George Strom, Strombo. Strombo. Yeah, yeah, it's a long name. And um, had a good time. Yeah. And it was just a volunteer day. Regular day for me, you know, love doing that kind of work. Yeah. What I didn't know was that that organization, that charity was called um, Prince's Charities of Canada, which is Prince Charles's charity in Canada. And they... That charity just focuses on advocating um, and trying to help social injustices, youth homelessness, youth poverty, things like that. So I got to meet some of the chair people and some of the staff and the the chairman or the CEO at that time, he had funky socks on and a bow tie. And so did I. And he's like, hey, you know, and we just kind of connected, laughed it up. And I'm like, you're a man of style. And we had a great little friendship there. 
Over the next three years, I volunteered my time on several occasions for anything they were doing, one of which was um, the ban the box movement in terms of getting rid of the criminal record box on applications because it's affecting a lot of youth who may have messed up, made mistakes like I did, but have changed. Now their whole future is put into, you know, in compromise because of this box, this one box. Prince Charles wants, he, I think he banned it in the UK and he wants it banned in Canada. So I would advocate and do things like that. So that was three years of doing that. Come 2017, Prince Charles and um, the Duchess Camilla were coming to Canada to celebrate our 150th uh, anniversary. And he said to his people that when he gets to the army base in Trenton, he wants 15 minutes set aside for tea. Mm. So they said, you know what? There's this guy and this girl who own a tea company who have also been volunteering for your organization for the last three years. He said, perfect. I want them. And then we got an email from the federal government, (laughs) from the RCMP. Yeah. You've been um, invited and chosen to serve tea to his royal highness. Oh, my God. So you give. And you you get. Without trying to get. You just give, you know, genuinely comes full circle. And then what that did for our business now, it just, everything soared. We were on every TV show, magazine, sales went up. So that effect came on account of just giving. And did you ever have any contact with Prince Charles after that? Yeah, yeah. he did? So a week later, he placed an order for more tea. Oh yeah, that's cool. Yeah, he loved the tea. We had a great conversation. That is cool, man. He placed an order for more tea a week later. And then two months later, after we thought, okay, now it's done. Yeah. Looked in the mail and there was a mail that said Royal Mail. Right. And we almost lost it. We're like, Mm, oh my goodness. We ran inside, opened it up and it was a a hand, uh, a penned note from him just saying how much he's enjoying our tea and how which, we Which continue. tea was it? Which... Uh, so we served him the lion chai. Oh, okay. Uh, when we met, we served him the lion chai. That's what he placed a, a reorder for. Uh, but we also created a tea for him, blended, called Polo with the Prince. Mm. Um, so we gave him Polo with the Prince and the lion chai. Oh, okay. So, yeah. so he wrote that letter. Cool, and it's just been, yeah. We've um, reached out on other occasions. He's written back or his office has written back, yeah. but nothing like... Uh, Serving them or anything oh, like of course. that again. So. And you probably get asked this all the time, but do you have a favorite tea? Do I have a favorite tea? Yes, I do. But it changes so often. Um, I love, oh man, it's, it's such a tough question. In the morning time, I love a good medium or full body Assam black tea. I just love it. And I take my tea black. I, yep. I love um, an Assam. I love, uh, say, you know, in the evening time, a nice milky oolong from mm. Taiwan. Um, and then there's times where in the day around 11, you know, 11, 12, noon hour, I'd like a, a nice Japanese green tea. So I mix it up a lot. Okay. But I think I tend to go for Assam. Assam? Okay. Assam quite often. Okay. Yeah, quite often. Cool. Especially now. Yes. The, and out of... My own, because I have a huge collection, even teas that I don't sell. Yeah. Um, out of the teas that I sell on Tea by Daniel website, yeah. Canadian A, Cream of Rogre, would be one of my faves. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll take note for that. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take note. Um, so how did you, how, how did you make the, 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 the jump into public speaking? Um, being a business owner and then, you know, doing public speaking. You also started an entrepreneurship program mm-hmm. uh, called the um, School of Hard Knocks. Yeah. So how did like how did you make this shift? How did you jump into this other mm-hmm. completely different world? Uh, it all so 
it all just started snowballing that way. You know, I started Tea by Daniel and a lot of people were intrigued at this young man, this young woman starting a tea company. And they're like, something, something looks, something looks weird. Like something's not adding up. Who are you? First off, because, you know, I, I was really out there with my, I guess, marketing, you know, in the streets, dressed up in costumes, asking people to sample tea. So people were like, who are you? And when they did find out who I was in terms of, you know, I used to be in the music industry, something happened, and now I'm serving tea. Something, they needed to know the story. So I started getting invited to schools, especially, to talk about my story. I didn't know I was a public speaker. <laughs> I know how to perform. Performing eventually became presenting. Yeah. But I was just talking about my story, you know, just like what I'm doing right here. And as I would speak in schools, more schools would invite me or schools would invite me back. Yeah. Or people would say, okay, no, you need to go speak and tell that story here. And Daniel Speaks, which is the speaking company, kind of just happened. Kind of just happened. It just happened. Until the things I was doing in my business, in T by Daniel, corporations started catching on to it. Yeah from the marketability and the branding standpoint. So they said, you know, can you talk to us and share some ideas? Then I'm like, right. maybe I'm a public speaker. <laughs> maybe I have a message. So my wife helped me put together keynotes. Yeah. And then phew, it was over. Just started speaking. So how do your talks differentiate? How do you differentiate your talks between um, schools and corporations? Yeah. So I, I was the guy in school who, when a keynote speaker was coming, was like, miss, can I please go to the washroom yeah. or sir, can I just anything to leave? Because it was just so dry and it wasn't relate. A lot yeah. of the content wasn't, you know, relatable. I promised myself if I ever became a speaker, I was going to connect to the audience and I'm going to observe. And if I'm not connecting, find a way, like I'm not just going to let them slide while I just, you know, spray info out of my mouth. So I'm really in tune with my audience. School kids want things that relate to them. Yeah. You could tr still drive your mi mission or um, your message. Yeah. But it has to make sense to where they're at. Yeah, I've spoken to a few high schools. Yeah. Right. And you uh, see that. It's like, don't tell us about things that we're not involved in right now. It may be helpful in our future. Yeah. But talk more on our level. So for uh, the way I design my presentations for kids, it's keeping all that in mind. When I'm breaking their ice and, you know, getting them moving, I'm using the, the pop artists and the, the artists and music artists they're listening to today. Even yeah. though I don't really know too, too much about it. I'm going to talk about Drake. Yeah. That's what you're dealing with right now. I'm going to talk about Snapchat and the Bambi filters that the girls put on. Like, yeah. I'm going to talk about those things because they matter to you. Yeah. And I'm going to drive my message through that. When I'm talking to a corporation, they care about other things, profitability, customer service, and things like that. We talk on that level and they want to see creativity. So it's really just knowing your audience. Knowing your I audience. think when you know who you're talking to, you'll talk more effectively. So what's the School of Hard Knocks? So the School of Hard Knocks is my latest um, mentorship part of my speaking business. Yeah. Because a lot of people, excuse me, a lot of people reach out. Like, Daniel, like, could you be my mentor? Mm -hmm. Could you mentor me? And I said no for so many years. For like at least three, four years, people have been asking for me to mentor them. I've never had the time because I'm still working on me. Yeah, you're still my doing business, your thing, right? Yeah. But I want to help. Yeah. 
So I put content out there. I put videos out there, but it's not the same as sitting down and getting to know someone's situation, their business and tailoring advice, you know, for them. So ever since I closed the store, my time came all the way back to me. Like, oh, it's beautiful. (laughs) The things, I have so many ideas in my head. Right. And I've had them for years. Now that the store's gone, I can do that. And School of Hard Knocks is that. I wanted to have a mentorship program. And now the School of Hard Knocks is, our our tagline is we build employers, not employees. Mm. We, I will meet with somebody or group of people like a class. Somebody could walk in with an idea. And by time those 10 sessions are done, they will have a fully functional business. Right. It is a fully hands-on mentorship and marketing because I'm helping. I'm yeah. not just saying, go do that. Yeah. Go do that. You should look into that. It's, this is what you should do. And I'm going to teach you the skill and how to do it, but I'm working with you. Right. So this is my idea. What do you think about that? And, mm-hmm. you know, working hand in hand with the business or the aspiring entrepreneur. So that's what School of Hard Knocks is. No, that's cool. Yeah. So do you, is it like, is it in partnership with schools or is it private? Not yet. So right now it's just private. It's just me. I built the entire course. Yeah. Um, it's offered with me, my wife as the teachers or the, you know, the facilitators. Yeah. And my brother and his business, which is a photography videography studio is um, intertwined into that because photo and video are a huge part of any business. Right. So he does his full course or session. Um, it's just us. As it grows, we're going to look to partner with schools. I reached out to some schools already, but it's too young yeah. right now. But we want it to be, I want it to be in, you know, um, in the region, yeah. you know, the Peel District uh, and other schools. And I'm even going to make it a Canada-wide thing where I'll travel. I'll yeah. travel and do it. No, you know, why as not? As you should. Why not? As you should. Um uh, that's that's really cool. Like, how, how old are these? This the the how old are your clients? Um, so a lot of people middle age, twenty five. Yeah. Oh, okay, twenty five to thirty. I find is the the. Oh, okay. I thought it was like high school kind of thing. No, it's open to anybody. Yeah, but that's a good age though. Twenty five. Yeah, twenty five. Because that's again, a good age it's, for it's not entrepreneurship. Free, yeah, right. It comes with its fee. Yeah, and at the end of the day, I'm not going to try and force, and which I wouldn't force anybody, but I'm not going to try and push. Um, the belief that, you know, you need to invest in yourself on high school students who don't really have access to that kind of money. Exactly. Um, But a person who's in business, 100%. The value that you get in in it, 100%. No doubt. You should invest in yourself. No doubt. How do you feel, um, how do you feel the government can incorporate entrepreneurship into the school curriculum, whether that's Ontario or all across Canada? Funny thing is, I've learned they do. These things are out there. Yeah. You know, they're, they're sometimes very difficult to find. And I would say if I was in government, I would make them a lot more accessible and easy to find because you really have to hunt. Yeah. But they do have, they have programs. This is where networking, effective networking comes in. The more you talk to people, the more you learn, the more you do research and, and you know, build different networks, you start to get access to different opportunities. So I found out about the, you know, the Ontario Starter Company grant, you know, and, and literally, you know, tip alert. If you just go into the first floor or second floor of your city hall in whatever city you live in, the economic development center, that's what they're there for is to give you information on funding on, uh, you know, help you with business plans, Mm -hmm. connect you to the resources you need to build or start your business. 
once I started learning those things, the, yeah. the Chamber of Commerce, Brampton Board yes, of Trade, yes. I connected with them. I became an ambassador there. So networking, once you start to do that, all the opportunities start to open mm. up to you. And there's tons of funding um, and different things that you could apply for that's throughout cool, the man. government. You just got to find it. That, 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 that's really cool, man. Um, wow, that's that, you're just giving me so many things that like, yeah. I can even go back with. Yeah, 100%. Uh, no, that, like it's it's crazy, man. Like your entire story is just is just remarkable, man. You know, did you ever? I know you grew up with, with music and all that. Do you, is it still a part of your life? No, not no? not. Uh, well, I shouldn't say no. I love music. Yeah. Um, the type of music I listen to and like and appreciate is completely opposite. Like I love classical. Yeah. Like Mozart. Bach, really. Yeah. Beethoven. I love. You know. Um, so. I don't like hearing words as much. Okay. I love the music. Okay. Um, compositions and things like that. Um, yeah, it's just the type of music I listen to is different, but I, I still listen to music. I don't do anything with music mm. because again, I, and sorry, I, I, what I found out about myself was I thought I needed to or wanted to be a rapper, but really what I wanted to do was I wanted to offer inspiration. I wanted to get my message out there. But the same thing could be done with books. Like yeah. write a book, you know, give a presentation. The same result that I was personally looking for, I found other platforms to do that. I just thought it had to be rap. Right, right. You know. And you wrote two books. I published th one, th three. Three books. Three books. Okay. Yeah. So I've pu uh, fully published Weird as Waldo, um, which is a book on marketing in business. Um, that's on Amazon. I published um, How. That's my autobiography, Chapters, Brampton, and Amazon. And just pu uh, published in November, Quotes. Yes. Which is um, in Chapters and Amazon. What, and what's Quotes about? Quotes are just those quotes that I've come up with over the last nine years that have helped me get through tough times. Yes. Motivated me, you know, when I, when I might have, may have started thinking like, is this working? Yeah. Just quotes that I find the everyday entrepreneur needs. And the reason I wrote quotes, I wrote it on the plane to Montreal, actually. Um, but the reason I, I put it together is because when we think of quotes, we usually only think of famous and rich people giving quotes. But that local person that, you know, just works at Staples or just works at that little tea shop or something, sometimes they drop some knowledge that could help you, practical knowledge that you could use. So I'm like, I want to be that. I yeah. want to be the person who has these quotes, who's not rich or famous yet, you know? Yeah, yeah. And and just for the everyday entrepreneur. So if you could, if you could look back at yourself when, when you were in your early twenties, what type of advice do you think you needed that oh, you that 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 you <laughs> that that could have benefited you greatly? Oh, so much, so much. That is like oh, too much. Um, See, 20-year-old me would be so stumped. Uh, I needed, the, the funny thing is about me is if you talk to 20-year-old me, I had life figured out. I know who I am. I know what I'm good at. I know what I'm going to become. I told my parents. I dropped out of high school mm -hmm. because I told my parents, I'm like, I will make it in music. Like I'm going to be a successful artist. That's where I'm going to get paid from. I'm going to be rich. I know all that. Like I thought I had it figured out. What I would have told 20-year-old me is, don't be so naive. 
don't be so naive. Be confident. Confidence yeah. is great. But don't be naive. See the full picture. Because a year later, 20-year-old you, you're going to go through something very, very tragic. And it's going to change the way you think. And if you would just stop being naive and really look at what's going on around you, you probably would have prevented it. Yeah. Right? But I couldn't see that. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't see that. No so doubt. I would say just don't be so naive. Oh, that's good. Mm-hmm. That's good. Um, oh, that's good. I, I think we covered we covered quite a bit today. Mm. Um, there's anything that I want to end off on is one of your quotes. Nice. <laughs> that's fitting. Uh, what can you leave us with today? I'm going to go with my, my most used because I love it and I live by it. Uh, it's a business quote, but you could apply it to life in general. And it's the secret to succeeding in business is in the first two letters of business, which is BU. It has been a mantra that the success I've seen in my business, marketing's great, advertising's great, creativity, all that stuff is great. But where the success has come from is me being myself. Yes. And it's not just a Daniel rule. It's my staff have best performed when they're themselves, when they don't try to put on work. You know, be you. I preach that. Be you. Whoever you are in whatever you're doing, be you. It is the most authentic thing that you could offer to this world and to everybody you encounter in it. It's the only thing that differentiates you from your competition and from everybody. Just be you. Well said, well said. Mm-hmm. And where can we find you on uh, 